Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're discussing student loan payment pause, uh, the worst car loans, and avoiding this common HSA blunder. That's right, Joel. This is our Friday flight episode where we uh, are going to take a look back on the stories that we came across this week, and we're going to talk about how it affects our personal finances. I'm excited to get to the stories you mentioned, plus uh, several others during this episode. But I know first you wanted to share a little bit about how much you love your credit union. Okay, so I, I have a love-hate relationship with my credit union right now. Yes. We, we have talked about on the show many times about how much we love credit unions. We do. There are a lot of reasons for that. I'm pretty sure we did a whole episode on that like, <laughs> I don't know, four or five months ago. I think it was called Why We Love Credit Unions. <laughs> Dude, three And you should too. It was like, it was like, no, it was more than a year ago, I think. Well, I, I still <laughs> dig them, but I will say I have a pain point with my current credit union right now, and it is their website, 
is awful. It's trash. And I was trying to transfer money recently from my credit union account to a savings account with another institution. And the way they, the way they limit your transfers, it's just painful. Uh, yeah. It's like $2,000 a day max. But then oh you gosh. go back in like a week later and it's like, we still haven't finished the transfer, so you can't transfer <laughs> anymore. And so I just have oh, never... Oh, you still want that to happen? Okay, <laughs> thanks for letting us know. We'll get on it. Um, I don't know, after we like take a nap or and something. then we'll send you a fax <laughs> <laughs> with the confirmation right so i just like wanted to put that out there love credit unions there's so many reasons to do business with a credit union i just wish that my local credit union uh would get their act together when it comes to just, you know a little bit better customer service um from in particular that website standpoint yeah i mean that was one of the downsides that we presented in that episode yeah. I, I think it was one of the few downsides we gave they don't pay great interest rates if you're a saver and they also have poor interfaces when it comes to just the online support the online interface this is one area that i'm glad to see other kind of medium-sized players step into the mix, right? Because we love credit unions because they offer great competitive rates if you're looking for a loan. But now there are folks like Rocket Mortgage or Better.com, these players that I kind of see as like more middle-of-the-pack kind of lenders. Because before, what I felt like, like there were a bunch of massive banks. Yeah, there was this huge The big guys, and then there were like the credit unions. And because of that, we said, okay, if we got to pick one over the other, let's go with the credit unions. But now uh, these other companies are stepping into the the void, essentially, uh, and they're also also offering really great rates. And then oftentimes they're selling those loans to other loan servicers uh, who have great online portals. They make it really easy to actually set up those automatic payments, the ability to transfer money in and out of those accounts very easily. Even just like some basics, like online statements. One of my credit unions, they don't issue you a mortgage statement every single month. Right. Seriously, like they, they choose like three random months in of the year. Uh, but yeah, with you, like credit unions, but there is definitely some room for improvement. Yeah, they, they leave a little to be desired, especially yes. on that technological front. And so I'm just putting this out there to my local credit union. <laughs> I, I would love to see you invest some, uh, you know, a little bit of time, a little effort into making that website more user-friendly and, and even just making a transfer. It shouldn't be as difficult as it was. Um, and yeah, I love you. I'll, st- I'll stick with you. <laughs> but I just want you to know that uh, you can improve. You can do better. But as long as they're still offering those uh, free Atlanta United tickets. Remember that one time we scored those uh, free... That's right. little free. Instagram <laughs> Instagram challenge or something from our local credit union. That's right. That we, we won it. Uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, man. Let's go ahead and get to the our stories from this week. This is that quick sampling uh, that we found interesting. And let's first kick it off with student loans. This is something that's relevant to many How to Money listeners. Uh, And this was announced actually last Friday, but it was after our Friday flight uh, was already out. Yeah, it was like Friday 5 p.m. or something like that. Yeah, one of those last minute things. And so it turns out that the student loan payment pause will continue. Uh, I know, yeah, if if I had student loans, this would be pretty great news. I'd be pretty pumped right now, but I'm more glad to not have any uh, student (laughs) loans currently. Same. But not having to pay on those loans if you do have them, uh, while also not accruing interest is going to allow you to prioritize other other financial goals for the time being. Maybe that's uh, saving up for that down payment for your new place, investing that money if that's not something you've already done. All that is great for you, right? Or just building up that emergency fund if you're not where you want to be yet. Step one. Yeah. Yeah, gear number one, baby. And this is especially great news if you are on the 10-year public service loan forgiveness plan, because that means 23 months uh, where payments weren't required and all 23 of those months are actually going to count 
towards your decade-long uh, repayment period. That's incredibly good news for those <laughs> folks. That's a, I mean, that's a significant chunk. That's almost 20% yes. <laughs> of the time allotted <laughs> that you needed to pay on your loan to be able to qualify that you didn't have a payment. Yeah. And so that just means more forgiveness at the end of the road, which is great. And uh, yeah, payments should resume in February. The education department actually emphasized that this will be the last extension. So make sure you're, you're setting yourself up uh, financially to be ready for those payments to resume when the time comes. Be ready to make a student loan payment in February. Uh, and so- They're like, seriously this time. Right, right, yeah. No, <laughs> we mean it. You're like, sure, government, okay. <laughs> I, I would not count on getting another one, that's for sure. The one thing you don't want to do with the money that you should be paying in student loans is to increase your lifestyle with those funds because you're taking money that needs to be in your budget you know, in a few months' time and you're incorporating it into your spending and then it becomes even harder right, to untangle and to start paying on those student loans again. We, yeah, we would say set yourself up for success. Don't absorb that extra yes, money yeah. into yeah your, your spending, your outgoing funds. It's, I mean, honestly, if you can continue making those payments, but just make them to yourself, right. right? Like don't just let all the different categories of your budget just swell. Right. Instead, make sure you're earmarking that money. And like we said, make sure you're putting that towards something more meaningful, whether that's uh, setting up your emergency fund, investing, saving that towards other financial goals. But I mean, yeah, the worst thing you want to do is to exit this period of time. And then you're like, oh man, like that was a lot of money right. actually when I total it all up. What was what was I actually able to do? And in reality, you just maybe spent it on drinks out with friends or just spending more at the store or whatever it is. This is the perfect chance to get ahead financially and you take advantage of it is what we would say. Yeah. And we're actually going to talk with a CSLP, that's a certified student loan professional and also a former Olympic gold medal winner, Lauren Williams, on Monday's show about how to approach your student loans given the recent news. She is a fountain of knowledge, so we're looking forward to yeah, sharing that conversation with you. That's right. And let's talk about inflation here for a minute. If you are a regular HTM Friday flight listener, or maybe just as long as you're not living in a cave or something, you know that there have been some real inflation concerns recently. Uh, the New York Times, they had an article this week detailing just how bad things have gotten recently for savers. Uh, and largely that's because of rising inflation. Basically, even though your savings account uh, might be paying you close to you know, 0.5%, uh, assuming you're with one of the better online banks. If you're with uh, one of the huge banks, they're probably paying you like 0.05% or, uh, yeah, or at, at best. <laughs> at best. <laughs> uh, the real rate of return on your savings is actually negative these days, despite the fact that you might be earning half a percent. Because first of all, half a percent, that's pretty piddly in any environment, but it's actually going to look much worse as inflation gets worse. But the problem is like there is just not much that savers can do. Investing savings that you want to have on hand for a near-term purchase or putting your emergency fund money in the, the stock market, that could leave you in a, in a pickle if the market experiences turbulence and you might, you, know, you might have actually less money than you started with, even less money than just the impact of inflation on your dollars. Yeah, it's dispiriting, I think, to read that headline as someone who enjoys saving. <laughs> it's like, dang it, my savings is, is earning actually it's negative returns right it's now. Essentially, you feel disincentivized to do something that you know you should be doing. Exactly. And and especially with how well the market's been doing, I think people are like, well, I'm just going to take a chance. Um, but there is, there's not much wisdom there in that decision if you need that money in the short term. Um, you basically have to roll with the punches. And a friend of the show, Ben Carlson, wrote this week that the current situation might be the worst ever for someone saving their money in a bank or a money market account. And yeah, we hate seeing that because saving money is a good thing. It just feels awful to be saving in this current environment. Yeah. Um, but if you are an oversaver in particular, and, and yes, that is a problem. There are some people that <laughs> save too much money. 
money, you, you want to make sure that you are investing some of your money for the future. Obviously, like Matt said, don't invest money you're going to need in the here and now or in the next year or two. But also don't assume that investing is risky and that keeping your money in savings uh, in a savings account isn't. There is a very known and quantifiable risk right now to having too much money in savings. It's getting <laughs> it's getting eaten alive. Yeah. Yeah, uh, currently that risk is quantifiable because it is at 5.4%. Actually, that's <laughs> right. the uh, the Labor Department put out uh, the consumer price index uh, this past week. That is the level of inflation that we've seen, of course, over the past 12 months. But I will say, I think we should maybe be encouraged by the... Uh, the it did downtick because in June it was 0.9. And so July numbers, it showed 0.5. So almost half of the increase that we saw in June. Uh, and so hopefully that might mean that we're actually kind of you know reaching the the kind of the, the top of the hill. Hopefully we'll see things continue to settle down in the coming months. Yeah, I hope so. But yeah, I think, you know, Matt, we talked a while back in episode 69 about investing and how investing involves risk. In Not investing is signing yourself up for this other kind of risk, right? This guaranteed risk of baked in losses. <laughs> and so, yeah, inflation is going to steadily erode the spending powers of the dollars that you're saving. Savings has a place in personal finance for sure, but not investing and being too scared to put some of your money uh, in the market is a recipe for like certain doom <laughs> for those dollars over time. That's right, man. Uh, speaking of guaranteed losses, turns out that the lack of competition is ensuring that more money is being parted from our wallets. There was this interesting article over in Bloomberg recently about how much money reduced levels of competition cost the average American family. The White House's National Economic Council estimates our collective losses at roughly $5,000 a year. I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> but where does it come from? I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> uh, it comes from all the different companies that we pay uh, because they are able to jack prices up, raise prices when there is a lack of competition. Much of that loss is due to companies merging, which creates fewer competitors in an industry. And they also point uh, a finger at increased regulations as well. Apparently, 30% of jobs require a license now, whereas only 5% required one uh, back in the 50s. Uh, Non-compete agreements, that's another factor that are keeping prices high. And you know, we believe that capitalism, it's not foolproof. Uh, it's not without its own issues. But, you know, this warning about the, the high price that we pay, uh, that we all pay when competition is diminished, this is an important one to heed. Yeah, that's a big headline number. Like to think about the average family has $5,000 less every single year to spend or to save or to do whatever they want with because there's not enough competition in certain sectors of our economy. That was that was eye-opening to read yeah, that. I mean, that's me. almost a, a, a Roth IRA. <laughs> right. I mean, just think about that over the years, how much that could grow to if you invested that instead. Exactly. So I, it made me think, Matt, like I started thinking about the industries where competition is the stiffest, right? Like grocery stores, for example. You know, price competition is alive and well. It, it benefits consumers in society as a whole that you have a lot of options of where you want to go in order to shop and get your groceries, right? You know, each chain is attempting to appeal to a different kind of customer with different budgets and different tastes. Uh, the airline uh, industry is another perfect example. The Wall Street Journal actually reported this week that airfare prices have barely budged over the last 25 years. Uh, so the price you would have paid for a ticket to Europe 25 years ago, like a quarter of a century ago, 
is basically the same as what you pay now, uh, in large part thanks to competition and innovation, right? And so, yeah, it should cost a lot more uh, given inflation, right? And and the, the rising prices of everything else, but they haven't exactly. And this was actually evidenced too by JetBlue. They announced this week that they're going to uh, it start partaking in round trip service from New York to London, which is going to lower prices in a big way. They're yeah. going to be this new low cost competitor to some of the major airlines who are flying that route consistently, and it's going to lower prices for every single person that wants to go from New York to London. Um, and, all those, and e- all those e- fancy folks. Even some of those just general, you know, European trips in general too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then take an industry where competition is essentially non-existent, like getting home internet service. <laughs> like all of our listeners can identify with how painful it is to get home internet service set up at their house and how expensive it is. Prices are high. They're often not even transparent. You don't even know what your first month's bill is going to be, what taxes and fees are going to be included in there. So at the same time, customer service is abysmal from those companies. There's just no incentive for companies like Comcast and AT&T to do better. So, uh, One of the fundamental truths of capitalism is that competition drives businesses to make things better, faster, and cheaper. Let's hope that the uh, the NEC, the National Economic Council, is looking for ways to bring competition back because too little of it seems to be costing all of us quite a bit of money every year. That's right, man. All right. We are only halfway through our Friday flight. We've got several other stories that we're going to get to after the break, including how there seems to be bidding wars taking place on rental units. We'll get to that story, plus several others right after this break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the Money app 
Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, we're back. We got some more stories to get to, but of course, we always have to get around to our ludicrous headline of the week all right i'm i'm, I'm, I'm concerned are you okay uh, that was my hagrid voice okay. from <laughs> from harry potter i thought i was gonna have to rush you to the hospital uh, I wasn't. do you like that one that was good that was good we've talked about how we're reading harry potter to the uh, to the kids we're, we're getting pretty close to the uh, end of book three which so far dude book three is like easily one of the greatest it's so good i gotta say i know that pixar is not reaching out to us to do any voiceovers for any of their characters <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna happen but let, let's get to this week's ludicrous headline and it is from the new york Times. of the week <laughs> <laughs> you're a you're a wizard harry <laughs> <laughs> that was better that was well, better <laughs> that's because you can hear him saying that <laughs> exactly exactly but uh yeah this week's headline is is titled even your allergist is now investing in startups this is a good one yeah this was uh, sent our way by <laughs> listener libby and yeah if you see a ludicrous financial headline please send it our way we would love to check it out and maybe feature it on an upcoming episode but uh, yeah this one uh, was basically touting the fact that everyone can become an angel investor these days but we would say that's actually a bad thing <laughs> i mean you uh, should you be investing in companies with massive quote-unquote potential we would say no right uh, big time angel investors like Mark Andreessen, Matt. He's been one of the most successful angel investors of all time. He knows this very well. I've heard him say it, that to be a successful angel investor, you need the best opportunities and you also need to get extremely lucky. Basically, you're investing in 300 companies, hoping that three of them are lucky enough to just outperform the competition to an incredible degree. And that infinitesimally small success ratio makes up for the other investments that fall flat on their face. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, risky forms of investing seem to be the norm these days in our society. But for our listeners, you should opt out of the angel investing arena. This is not something you should pursue. The fees are also really high. So you're going to get eaten alive from that standpoint. And then you're also just like, 
hoping on a wish and a prayer. And I guarantee you, if it's available to you, it is probably not one of <laughs> the best angel investing possibilities out there. Assuming you're just one of these casual angel investors. Right. You know, I think shows like Shark Tank have put angel investor within the, the vernacular, right? Like it's a, it's part of folks vocabulary now. And they think, oh, well, and like when they're watching it on TV, they think, I knew that product was going to be a hit. Right, like, right. You know, their uh, armchair quarterbacking. If and only thinking, I had Mark Cuban's money, yeah. I would be doing the <laughs> yes. same thing. But there's a huge difference between the billions of dollars that Mark Cuban has and uh, like the thousands of dollars that you have. And just from a diversification standpoint, we don't want you uh, to be an angel investor. Uh, the New York Times, they also had this uh, great in-depth article about crypto and how easy it is now to make your own uh, crappy crypto coin. <laughs> you can launch a token for as little as eight bucks these days. I think they, the writer launched one called Idiot Coin. <laughs> just start, try to see who would bite. Yeah, I mean, just investing in most of these different crypto idiot coins uh, or attempting to become an angel investor uh, with some of your, your spare cash is likely going to lead to you seeing that money disappear. And so if you do really want to go this route, just make sure that you aren't investing money that you can't afford to lose. Uh, first, make sure that you're prioritizing socking away just a solid chunk into uh, tax-advantaged retirement accounts before you even consider these these other riskier forms of investing. And then also, just remember that you can always support uh, that startup company in other ways, like just buying their product, buying their service, support them that way. And honestly, the amount of money that you would put towards that product or that service, it's going to be more likely to be in the like a, a healthy relationship to the amount of money that you have set aside as you would see somebody like Mark Cuban, where he's setting aside thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars because that much to him it might be like you going out and, you know, buying some fancy underwear that somebody's selling uh, <laughs> through their new startup company. I've never bought fancy underwear, but maybe someday. Maybe with like a special antimicrobial <laughs> keeps the funk out. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think this sort of angel investing trend, it just makes me think, just because you like Big Macs doesn't mean you should invest your money in McDonald's. And just because I like shopping at Costco doesn't mean I need to go out and put a lot of money where my mouth is when it comes to buying Costco stock. You can enjoy something or enjoy a product without investing in that company. And granted, I own a little bit of Costco because I own index funds. <laughs> but yeah. it's one of those things where I think you want to, people want to support a company they believe in or they think it has a good trajectory. But there are so many things you need to know about a company before you invest in it. That's why I avoid <laughs> single stock investing or investing in you know, one particular company over this one altogether. If you've dedicated your whole life to it, somebody like Mark Cuban, it's a different story, right? But for most of our listeners who have day jobs and stuff like that, let's hit the easy button, go the diversified route and uh, just stay away from this investing space altogether. Yes. Uh, and speaking of investing, uh, while Americans collectively, they have over $80 billion in their HSA accounts, so their health savings accounts, they aren't taking full advantage of that benefit. Uh, and unfortunately, I think it's because it's called a health savings account. Yep. They make you think, like mentally, what do you picture when you think of a health savings account? You think, oh, I'm going to put this money into that account and I'm going to save it. It's just going to sit there. But that is not what we want you to do. This is a case of bad branding. <laughs> Dude, totally. It should be a, what, HI? account, right? Uh, health investing account, because only 7% of folks are actually investing the money that they put into an HSA uh, that they have available to them. And this is according to the Employee Benefit Research Institute. Uh, and that's understandable because no one, you know, talks about what a great investing vehicle HSAs can be. I mean, we talk about it here, but it's not often something you hear about. We actually did a deep dive back in episode 105. So go back and check that one out. If you're putting money into an HSA and you're not investing those funds, 
want you to use your HSA to its full potential. Uh, it really is the best stealth retirement account out there. And I've also heard some folks to say, well, make sure that you set aside enough in cash to be able to at least cover your health deductible. But even still, like you should have enough money in your emergency fund to cover any unforeseen health costs. Yeah. In fact is too, you can count on the fact that you're probably going to go to the doctor at least once or twice during the year. So just set up another account uh, within your savings buckets or however you have your budget set up, but have an out-of-pocket medical costs category that you can count on when it comes to things like deductibles or out-of-pocket costs. Yeah, and that's really because you want to maximize the HSA. You want to maximize that account because it has so many benefits that, like you said, Matt, kind of go unnoticed or they don't get talked about. And so, yeah, if you do have an HSA and you haven't started investing inside of that, go listen to episode 105 because it's going to be really eye-opening, I think, Mm -hmm. for how much power that HSA holds. It's almost like having a Lamborghini and then putting a a governor on it (laughs) to to max it out the speed at like 20 miles an hour. Um, the, The HSAs are just so much more powerful than the way that they're being used by most people these days. Totally. All right, well, let's let's keep moving, Matt. There was a uh, an interesting article on Jalopnik's website this week about how awful car loans can be. Mm-hmm. And uh, sadly, actually, this article was in slideshow format, <laughs> which is... <laughs> the, is that the worst uh, online format? It is completely format? the worst. Dude. It's like autoplay videos and slideshow format. Oh, like, my gosh. Get those out of my face, please. Yeah. Can we be done with those? Or just general pop-ups. Honestly, yeah. no, like the cookie pop-ups kind of drive me crazy. No, yeah. like, I don't care. Just, like, take my info. Like, I know that I'm giving up a certain amount of privacy by going to the site. Just, just don't make, make me click okay. Don't interrupt me. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, Jalopnik detailed, actually, the, the goriest details of the worst car <laughs> loans that their readers have experienced or that they've seen friends take on. And it was kind of awe-inducing to see how bad car loans can get. And you might be asking, well, what was the worst element that many of these car loans had in common? Trading in another car that someone was upside down on in order to purchase another new vehicle, that was kind of the the common denominator, Matt, for a lot of these worst car loans. You know, some folks actually rolled multiple vehicles, like not just one, like two or three <laughs> with negative equity into a new loan on another vehicle, which of course landed them not just like a greatly inflated loan amount, but also a much, much higher interest rate because there's a lot more risk to the lender. We're really not fans of car loans at all. We'd prefer to see our listeners never, ever have one. But definitely these kinds of loans where you still have a loan on the car that you currently own and you're trying to get another one and you're rolling it into another loan, that's like the worst case scenario. Yeah, that probably goes to explain why car loan debt has doubled over the past decade, which is an insane stat. Uh, But one other big pitfall was folks buying their vehicle from a buy here, pay here lot. Those are the absolute worst places on earth to purchase a vehicle. Joe, like you mentioned, ideally, uh, listeners aren't going to finance their cars at all. Uh, And you can do that when you have a more affordable vehicle. It's it's not too difficult to find something that's reliable in the five to ten thousand dollar range uh, if you're able to search diligently. But you know if you are going to take out a loan in order to buy a vehicle, make sure that you do shop around for that loan with your local credit union. Kind of bring it full circle again. Like we said, oftentimes they offer the best rates, and it also might be worth checking online lenders as well because th- those rates are getting more competitive. The other thing too, don't extend the loan terms in order to buy a more expensive car if you can't afford the monthly payments on a. 36 to you know 42 month loan then you can't afford that vehicle look at something a little more affordable yeah the problem is when people take out an eight-year loan and then four or five years into it they're like i want something new 
or a new ride. This 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 car is giving me issues now. It's time to trade it in and get something else. But you still owe money on it. That put, puts you like behind the eight ball in a big way when it comes to your finances <laughs> and the monthly payment you're going to have on that loan as well. Uh, by the way, it is important to note that cars are going back to becoming depreciating assets. For a hot minute, Matt, basically for the last year, the, the prices of used cars have been going up and up. And uh, it, it appears that that was a blip that is now kind of subsiding. The prices of used cars aren't going to go back to normal levels overnight, uh, but it is a good sign that cars are back to being a depreciating asset. That was kind of one of those mind-blowing things for, <laughs> I don't know, for us, I think, and for everybody oh, yeah. out there. It's like, how in the world are used car prices skyrocketing to this level? Obviously, the supply chain issues, the, the chip issues that are put into new cars that are being built, there were so many different things impacting this market and driving prices higher, but it's good to see that correction kind of starting to happen. Yeah, so if you were maybe hanging on to a used car thinking that like, hey, if I hang on to it for like one more month, maybe I'll see its value increase, chances are uh, that is not going to be the case. Uh, I feel like we're, again, like at the top of a roller coaster and we're only going to see the prices continue to drop from here. Yeah, we're always in favor of you getting rid of one of those extra cars that's in your life. So yeah, Matt's right. Sell now if if you've got an extra (laughs) one you're hanging on to. Uh, Matt, let's talk about bidding wars in the rental market. Is that a thing? It turns out it is. It's actually happening. We've seen, obviously, a lot of headlines about bidding wars when it comes to buying a house. But it's also happening now in the especially single-family home rental market. An article in uh, CNBC this week reflected exactly what I actually recently saw when I listed one of my rental properties. For homes in some of the hotter areas of the country, some landlords are receiving an abnormally high number of applications. Matt, I had nearly... 40 people reach out in less than 48 hours when I listed my little tiny Atlanta (laughs) in-town house recently. And uh, yeah, it turns out that high demand is increasing the average price of rent too, at a pace of almost 7% annually versus rent price increases last year. And it's even leading to bidding wars for some of these properties, right? So if you're a renter, it's important to know that prices are going up, that it's a competitive environment in certain locations, and that could affect your ability to find affordable housing. Yeah, and hopefully you're several months away from having to find a new place uh, because that should give you enough time to turn your credit score around if maybe it's in the dumps. You want to make sure that your credit score is in a good spot, uh, typically at least 740, if not a bit higher, because this is something that landlords are going to be looking at uh, pretty closely. They're, they're going to want to see how responsible you are with your payments pretty closely if there's a, you know such a large pool of applicants. And another sort of tactic, if you have enough cash on hand, even consider offering to put down a larger security deposit. Just essentially anything you can do to stand out and make yourself uh, a more attractive tenant can help. Good communication, that's always a plus, uh, but you might even need to get a little more creative, like uh, offering to take care of the lawn. If uh, the, the landlord says, hey, you know, you know, outside lawn maintenance, that's included. It's just like, well, hey, what if I take care of that for you? You don't have to worry about it. Look for ways to kind of sweeten the deal uh, for the landlord to want to pick you over the other 39 people who are applying for that same house. Yeah, and depending on where you live, you're going to know. You're going to know. You're going to see. You can, you can look on Zillow and see like how many hits some of these properties are getting, and it's like, if, oh, they've if, got the little yeah popularity chart built yeah. into it. Or so it's like okay, cool. If this is a popular spot, or it, you know, if if the if it's priced well, you got to be ready to move. And it's funny, Matt. Like 
here, I, I always tell people this, I'm not trying to pressure them to, to sign on the spot or anything like that, but I'm like, they're like, well, I'll get back to you in a couple of days. And I'm like, okay. Ain't going to be there in a couple I'm days, I'm just buddy. letting you Sorry. know, like somebody usually asks to apply uh, and that process moves quickly and they're usually ready to sign by that day or the next day. So yeah. um, it's just one of those things too, where you have to know what you want and you have to be willing to kind of jump on it to pounce when the right you know, rental house comes along that you want to stay in. So, uh, all right, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks who want the show notes for this episode, links to some of the articles that we mentioned uh, on this Friday flight, you can go to our website at howtomoney.com. That's right. We hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. We will see you back here on Monday with that interview with Lauren Williams and Joel. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.